imagine the content of me in a loincloth hunting hogs. <laughs> imagine that I, content on Patreon. I really hate this. <laughs> I, I, I would pay for our Patreon to watch <laughs> Nick and wrestle a baby hog. That would be epic. I and would pay just to watch a loin that. Yeah. I would pay. <laughs> Right Loin cloth could be there or not. I don't give a shit. I just want to see it. It'll, it'll, it'll fall off at some point. <laughs> I, if you don't get gouged to death, like. <laughs> oh, that's oh. funny. All right. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome back to You Hate to See It interviews. Uh, Please remember to uh, like and share this episode with your friends and also join our patron to get even more content. I'm Adam. I'm Jeff. I'm Nick. <laughs> and today's guest is uh, an author, TV personality, and TikTok star. Welcome to the show, professional caveman himself, Donnie Dust. Hey, how's it going? So, Donnie, how are you doing today? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah, no, no complaints. Uh... Just uh, finished, you know, doing a knife and uh, getting ready to go on a little trip to Arizona tomorrow. But um, yeah, I'm doing it, man. No complaints. Can we see the knife? Uh, it's well, it's downstairs. Uh, Damn, okay. I, can, <laughs> run Damn. I mean, there's there's a bunch over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> kind of look at. I've only we... spent like hours watching you make them on your TikTok, so yeah, oh, I right guess on. it's okay. Yeah, yeah. There's God, one. So I mean, cool. that's. An obsidian one, but you know. <laughs> See, I feel like I've seen him make that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, if you look, I mean, that's the Makawaddle right there. Okay. You kind of see it. I've got that uh, Takar's dagger from a video game. That's that thing. Okay. Um, I've got a drum. I've got War Club. That little uh, bison horn one I did recently. Uh, and some other knives and. You do know. you keep pretty much everything you make or do you like no some I mean, away or i was gonna say there, you make so much stuff uh, yeah <laughs> i mean some of it's kind of like impractical when someone asks for like a stone battle axe um i mean it works but i'm just not ever going to use it like i have some of the axes that i've made in the past that are a little bit more you know authentic and really apply really well into you know kind of living out in the bush but some of the crazy stuff you know, I'll give to, you know, my sons or I'll give to like some neighborhood kids and let them run around like maniacs. And, <laughs> ah, your you neighborhood know. must love you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those, those ones, but you know, that's, I, I enjoy making a lot of this stuff. And like, you know, for me, it's always, I'm always doing that stuff anyway. So like my youngest son going on like TikTok was like, Hey, I want to go on this app. And I'm like, no, we're not, you know, you're not dancing on an app and all that sort of jazz. And then he kind of showed me and I kind of supervised. And I felt like a 40 year old creeper, you know, on this <laughs> app. And he's like, just make some of your stuff. So I made some stuff and then it just kind of spiraled out of control, if you will. So <laughs> I was going to say, you're probably, I think you might've been the first person I followed when I started watching TikTok. Oh, right on, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, appreciate I would it. like to say that makes sense, seeing as Jeff looks like oh, a geez, younger knew, version There of it you. is. <laughs> knew it was going to happen. There yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I've had like a silver beard for probably the past like 10 years. So it's just, 
you know, genetics, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah, it's nice having good facial hair genetics, that's for sure. Yeah. No complaints, no complaints. Yeah, Nick, Nick's you should really, try that. Yeah, Nick's really I just sh- <laughs> I just cut mine because uh my wife has been really complaining about it. It was getting it was starting to get to that long stage and uh she was really hating it. I can just go mustache. I I that's worse. It's so bad. So what's been your favorite uh item that you've been able to make for TikTok based off requests or the most yeah, unusual that's... one? Uh, that's this guy this is yeah. the the mock wall i just you know i don't want to say i sleep with my doors open but i would love for someone <laughs> to... <laughs> i, I mean, actually i just know... sent nick a tiktok this morning that said when you hear someone breaking in at 1 a.m and it's just the from the office i'm just getting really excited like oh that's what I mean. it's happening <laughs> exactly i've got like i've got I mean, I've got stuff everywhere. So like in every nook and cranny of this little place that I rent, there's some sort of stone tool or implement that you could definitely, you know, do some damage. But the Makawato was probably the one that it just took a lot of time in shaping this type of wood, which is Osage orange. It's it's super hard and typically I use it for bows. But uh, I don't know. It just it just feels it just feels right, you know, so. <laughs> anyone wants to come around the doors are open (laughs) is that wood just native to the u.s west or yeah it's it's out in oklahoma um it's it's kind of an ideal bow making wood you have like you you have like hickory you have osage you have hackberry different types of bow woods and that's just a really good strong sturdy bow wood it's got a nice grain it's easy to follow and i've got a lot of um osage down in my little workshop and sometimes i just you know i want to craft something that is you know 100 percent legit like it'd be kind of bs to like make something and have it fall apart so i try to use good woods and good stone and the whole nine yards when you are making your tiktok videos do you have like a fake cave mock-up or do you have a real cave nearby because you're always sitting in the cave or do you like wait till you go on your travels and just stockpile Um, video go away finn sorry that's my dog he's getting (laughs) jealous um so yeah it's a lot of different things so when i first went on tiktok i was living in a series of caves um so you know i'm happily divorced and i think you just got married so yeah (laughs) good luck in the future thank you (laughs) i'm not jinxing anything but um so i was i was i was out in the bush all the time and i was living in these series of caves and kind of traveling around and then when i get my kids um i i you know i lived in this lady's basement because i needed a place (laughs) so um yeah, so then from there, I kind of like slowly progressed. And as wintertime kind of hit and stuff, I knew it was important to have like a an actual home for my kids. And, uh, you know, like me, I never slept in a bed. I still don't like to sleep in beds. I've got a girlfriend now, so that's kind of a requirement to sleep yeah. in the bed, <laughs> which which is difficult at times. But for years, I, I would just sleep on a bison hide on the floor. My kids had beds and everything, but so... Yeah, between the caves and then where I go, I just kind of establish just my workshop that is full of animal parts and pieces. I mean, if I was down there right now, I could show you I've got the hide of an elephant. I've got bison and um, it's just littered full of 
stuff, bones. I've got wings of animals hanging above me, but that's what I do is I just craft a lot of things. And it's not necessarily just for TikTok because I kind of make my living by doing custom orders and then doing things for different, you know, TV shows and movies where, you know, uh, on like a movie set, they'll want a bunch of stone points because they're going to be doing close up shots and they want some authentic clothing and they want some skulls of this and animal hides of this. And, you know, they'll contact like a guy like me. If, if I don't have it, I'll craft it. Maybe I'll go down and work on set as like a, you know, a technical consultant um, and kind of do that. So aside from like always creating and crafting and doing these things, I also run a wilderness self-reliance school where I bring people out in the bush all three of you guys should go and we can do a podcast in a cave <laughs> oh, and um perfect we'll bring a generator yeah yeah no worries <laughs> but uh, and yeah, so air bring... mattresses no air mattresses. <laughs> <laughs> it's all four okay but uh yeah so aside from teaching at that school um i have a couple pieces of property that i've uh i've picked up thanks to you know some of the earnings on tiktok there it's nothing extravagant but, uh, you know, I've got a place down in the Chihuahua Desert that I used to frequent all the time, and a place in New Mexico. So I'll go down there and do some filming and live out there for a week or two and then, you know, come back and, and grab my kids, that sort of thing. But, I mean, I'm, I'm really like everywhere, everywhere all the time, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, you mentioned your uh, film and TV work. I'm sure the uh the greatest thing that you've ever worked on is definitely uh cardi tries <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah that was you know that was uh that was a fun experience i can tell you that much like i got picked up in this like black escalade at the airport and i'm standing there in like sandals uh a buckskin vest and like my green hat and i'm like what in the hell you know just <laughs> totally overdone but i have to say you know uh she was she was very friendly very nice she kind of knew who i was knew my kids and she was very you know down to earth when the cameras weren't rolling and cameras kind of kicked on and you know she kind of did her thing but it was uh it was a fun shooting and i think you know for me that's you know i mean i've heard like a couple of her songs just through like <laughs> random occurrences but you know, she's like, do you listen to my music? I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know you want me to tell you. I don't, I don't think this is your target audience. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. I, I It was, there was a lot of production for like a day and a half shoot where they had like multiple catering trucks. And I had like my own trailer and um, this guy had like a designated assistant and he was like, I'm, I'm going to get you whatever you need, whatever you want. And I'm like, look, dude, you know, I think at that time I was 42. I'm like, I'm 42 years old. If I want something uh, and you don't have it, I'm okay. Not having it. He's like, well, I'm going to bring this chair around. And if you get tired in between the, sh the shots, you can sit on the chair. And I'm like, so I'm going to break this down for you, man. I don't need anything from you. I'm totally good sitting on a rock, sitting on the ground. And he kind of looked at me and goes, look, man, I got one job here. And that is to just be your gopher. So let me do it. And I was like, all right, all right. Sounds like a plan, but so, you know, that's, uh, that's basically my, I'm a production assistant in film and TV. Okay. And so I totally get of like, uh, I did a shoot, a shoot with a stand-up comedian, uh, Lil Rel. And right he, uh, like 
him and like his kind of his entourage all super super nice didn't need anything were asking me if i needed anything yeah. and i was like yeah. guys i i can leave whenever i want to go get what i want you're the ones mm-hmm. that are like up in your rooms getting high drinking yeah. like doing whatever you're doing so when you need something I have to go get it for you. And they're like, no, man, like, do you want some food or something? Like, we'll go down and get you some food from the cafeteria. And I was like, I no, I don't. I will. I I can get that. I can do that myself. Thank you. But they actually cater here for me. So thanks. (laughs) Get out of there. Dogs are everywhere. How many do you have? So I have Finn. He's he's my dog. My girlfriend has a dog named Akira. That's the same breed. And then we adopted like a Great Pyrenees giant white dog. That's good for the mountain. So three. Awesome. Three dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Way too many. Yeah. Does Finn come with you when you go on like your trips and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. He, he'll usually attend, uh, you know, some of the classes and some of the events that I go on, like he was with me. I just did a 10 day class down in the Chihuahua desert. And, uh, you know, he comes along and, you know, scares up game and just does the whole thing. It's kind of a morale booster for some folks, but he's, he's pretty good. He can, uh, he can last in the bush. I mean, whether I'm feeding him, you know, some fish guts or squirrels or whatever, he's kind of content and, and home there. Do you have any, uh, absolute horror stories from some of your classes things just go oh. horribly wrong oh yeah i mean i've i've had some <laughs> some unique clients over the year i mean there was this one uh one lady and i brought her her husband and like her two or three kids out and um we went through the entire like three days we did some camping and we did some fishing the whole nine yards and then uh you know i kind of like look for some feedback what could i do better all this sort of stuff and this lady was just like I really would have enjoyed this course a lot better if there were chairs to sit on. And I was like, wait, wait, what? Like a chair? <laughs> like we just walked three days into the mountains and you're wanting a chair. She just lit me up by not having, you know, a chair to sit on. And I was like, look, you son of a bitch, like chill out. man. like, <laughs> we're in the bush, sit on a rock, sit next to the campfire. You didn't say, oh, it's that sort of like, Oh, easy. They get you when they're kind of like <laughs> complaining sort of thing. And, I mean, I've had, you know, no major accidents. I mean, the occasional cuts and twists and stuff like that. But most people are, they're, they're pretty savvy. And I keep a close eye on it, especially when, you know, they're working with knives and, you know, even stone tools and stuff like that. I mean, I've taken chunks out of my finger and given myself stitches. And I just make sure that when you're in those kind of remote areas, everyone's everyone's safe. If I, if I don't get that warm and fuzzy someone's you know wielding a knife i'm like all right let's let's go look at plants or let's go do something else and (laughs) redirect if you will so you wrote a book based on your experience having a heart attack at 37 what was what was uh that like the putting putting that experience down to pen and paper and kind of working through that yeah 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 you know it was uh I like writing. I'm, I, you know, I consider myself a writer. I'm working on my third book uh, right now, but you know, once my heart attack kind of happened and I was living out in these caves, I just thought it was a great opportunity to kind of capture all of my steps in the, my recovery process, my mentality, and just that overall story. And 
I wrote it down on like a little notebook, a little moleskin uh, notebook. And then once I got to a computer kind of transcribed it, but um, you know, it's, it's just kind of how I like, like doing it. You know, when you're out there, you're totally immersed and uh, you kind of have like nature at your back. You can kind of feel and really convey that message into the words and put it out on paper. What was the, probably the, the, the sketchiest, most, danger you felt while you've been out there like either in the desert or you know mountains or what at what point were you donnie like oh this is bad yeah yeah man i mean all right so once i was a couple days into the back country and i was walking barefoot kind of like adjacent to this trail and um i was walking and all of a sudden there's a piece of glass sticking up and it split right between my big toe and my middle toe and it was like a good like inch slice in that crack and it was bleeding like a son of a gun and i was like all right a couple things are gonna happen you're gonna it sounds weird but i was like you could potentially bleed out from this because it's a lower extremity it's even if you elevate it you're immobile you can't really do anything and it just came down to like you know taking off my bits of my shirt and wrapping it up in my you know my 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 closing my toes in between and wrapping it up and then literally taking the next like four or five days to slowly hobble back. But like, I was worried about infection that entire time was like, cause you know, most people, they get a cut, they can typically address it, clean it, wash it to do that sort of thing. But as I was walking back, um, I was definitely worried about, you know, some form of infection or something to that extent. Um, so that's, that's kind of, you know, hairy. And then, I think the last time I was in the Amazon, I was, uh, I made a, I made a boat and I was paddling around these waters trying to beat this guy in this race. We jumped off this large barge in the middle of the Amazon river, swam to the banks, kind of raced over these mountains and through these jungles and waterways. And then once I got to this one waterway, I built a boat to get out of the water because it's just easier to navigate. And, um, Long story short, I was just, I would just kept thinking like between the Caymans, the Piranhas and the Anaconda, I'm like paddling like this on this boat after maybe, I don't know, a good like four or five hours. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm so damn tired. Both my legs and my hands in the water. And then I'm working at like a, a stand up paddleboard. But sometimes that dark water, that kind of eerie water, you really don't know what's in there. And, you know, is something going to wind up <laughs> grabbing you by the leg and pulling you under, but. I was going to say, uh, Jeremy Wade spent a lot of time in the Amazon catching some yeah. wild shit out of there. And you're like, yeah, I'll lay on a piece of wood and put yeah. my legs in there. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, well, I was trying to beat him in this race. So I'm like, you know what? You lose a limb, makes for good TV. You know, let's, <laughs> let's make it happen. I'm sure it will definitely make it to TV. Yeah. <laughs> right Did on. you have any encounters with the natives there? Like the, some of the, the, I guess, indigenous? Yeah, the indigenous or yeah. tribes. I mean, I came across like, you know, there were some people that we were working with and kind of formed some good relationships with them, but like no, you know, deep, dark jungle tribes where they wanted to like skin me alive and have me breed with their women or anything like that. Throwing spears at airplanes and helicopters. That yeah, no, no, nothing like that. But I mean, uh, there's some, there's some good locals there that you kind of get to know. And I might be heading back down there to kind of go live with one of uh, the tribe's family and just kind of, you know, hunt piranha and, 
shoot, you know, monkeys and eat them and stuff. <laughs> does, does piranha have a lot of meat on it? Is that like something you can sustain yourself? I mean, on? they can get pretty big. Yeah, you can you can get some some good like you know saucer size. I mean, it's like a bluegill, if you will, like a little brim. Maybe not the size of you know a crappie. Well, I bet I bet I've seen some big ones, some crappie. Yeah, you can eat them. You can live on them. Absolutely. Like because when I was down there. So I made this this giant bow out of the natural plants that was out there. And then as I was looking for food, I built this shelter, this elevated shelter, was sleeping on it, did a hand drill fire, it took me forever because it was so hot and humid. And then, um, you know, I was kind of looking out over this like glassy water like area and uh, I kind of saw something moving in the water. I was like, what is that? I'm like, all right, so grab the bow, grab this like three and a half foot long arrow and I start making my way to the water. And I see this thing moving in the water and I'm like, that's not a, that's not a snake. What is that? Like a small anaconda. I'm trying to like rattle my brain and really see what it is. So I kind of jump up on this large Mata Mata tree that kind of extended into the water with its roots. And I'm standing on one of the roots and I get a closer look and it's a giant electric eel. And I'm like, oh man, this thing is on the dinner menu and stood on that wood and just wrenched back with the arrow and pinged them in the head and then pulled it out and it was like you know five and a half feet long and you know that big around just cut it up into pieces and ate all this yummy white meat you know for the next <laughs> four or five hours but okay so it doesn't it doesn't taste gross okay i mean or when you're or when is, you're hungry or is it, or is it that yeah. time okay yeah, i when, guess that is true <laughs> yeah i mean when you're hungry you'll eat anything i mean this past course we were eating mice and rats and you know enjoying that but so when are you gonna when are you gonna grab joe rogan you guys go hunt elk primitive style <laughs> <laughs> yeah man I when's that know. collab happening who knows i'm not really i don't know i've never i mean like i've heard like his podcast a handful of times but it's like i'm really open for anything like i <laughs> at the end of this month i go down to dripping springs texas on my buddies. 800 acres and i'm gonna you know put my loincloth on build a shelter and hunt hogs with an atlatl for the next like seven eight days i'll probably do some videos out there and you know make some fish spears and whatnot but i mean i feel pretty fortunate that as a you know being 43 years old and kind of doing what i want when i want and somehow being able to make a living out of it you know so it works yeah how'd you kind of like I guess we can go into like how this all started. Like, was this something like, how long have you been planning to like kind of live this type of a lifestyle? And like, was it when you got out of the Marine Corps, you're like, yeah, this is something I'm going to start doing. It's like go out yeah. and trying to like just survive and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it kind of started when I was a lot younger and I was always going on, you know, backpacking, camping and rafting trips. And then, uh, you know, I did college for like two months. I smoked some weed there. Really <laughs> wasn't my thing. So uh, I was like, you know, this is kind of silly. So uh, I was working at a butcher shop, went to it. And I was like, I don't want to keep doing this. Joined the Marine Corps, traveled all around, learned even more skills. And then when I got out of the Corps, I did like a little bit of contracting to, you know, because it was just kind of like a segue sort of job. And they maybe put on a tie once. And then I was like, this is horrible. And we're like, you need to cut your beard and do this. And I'm like, you guys are talking to the wrong person. So I kind of slowly started to pull my way out of that sort of world, that military sort of world. And then essentially, you know, I was teaching classes kind of like freelance 
And then I was like, you know what, you should just start your own business and try and make this your lifestyle. But in order to really teach and make it your lifestyle, you kind of have to really be into it nonstop 100% of the time. So it was, it was kind of the idea of like lead by example. And like, if you're filming something, you know, like people know when I'm in my workshop and if, when I'm out in the bush, like, it's not like if you turn the camera around, there's going to be, you know, my Toyota Tacoma sitting there with a cooler full of beer. It's all the, the, you know, the little tripods and the mounts and stuff. I lug all that crap out there with me so I can be remote and be in that environment where, you know, it's a hundred percent authentic. There's no like, uh, and there's like a, you know, a production assistant <laughs> coming to give me a chair or anything like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm a one man show. You know, I have, I don't have any employees. Um, I don't have like a, a film people. Like if it's beyond like a certain technical level, like uh, I can't do it. You know, I got a <laughs> drone, right? So I got this drone and it was around Christmas. I was like, all right, you know, you want one, you should buy one. And now I'm too afraid to fly it because I feel like it's going to just <laughs> crash or I don't know. So I've flown it like once and I was like, all right, that's enough. And now it just sits in this case and <laughs> whatever. So. I do what I got to do. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your thoughts on the Discovery Bros, like uh, Bear Grylls and whatever the other dude? I don't remember who the other guy was. Um, you know, the... I think like Bear Grylls and some of like the Naked and Afraid and all these, there's there's a lot of people out there that are on like survival TV. And I think if you understand the kind of intent and the message that they're trying to do, whether they're showing you certain, you know, knowledge, skills, and abilities, or if they're trying to replicate a long-term survival scenario, as long as you can kind of understand the storyline, um, you might be able to like move past some of the BS. But I mean, some of it as somebody who's been doing this for quite some time, you can kind of watch some of these things and be like, ah, that's total BS right there. There's no way, you know, X, Y, and Z. For you know, for example, when I was in the Amazon, it took me five maybe like four and a half, five hours to do a hand drill friction fire to the point where my hands were bleeding and I had these huge blisters, but I had to get a fire in like, and probably in other shows, they would be a little bit different. You know, they might simulate, all right, practice doing this. And then we're going to, you know, bring in a lighter and just make the fire. So for me, anytime I do anything TV related, like I tell the entire production, I'm like, it's, it's real simple. I don't want any extra meals. I don't want any extra support. If you want me to be my authentic me, you have to let me be in the most authentic environment. Like I, I want, I want to embrace the suck. I want to experience the hardship. I want to go several days without eating because that creates, uh, you know, a hunger drive. Where then you start thinking of new ways to to hunt and trap and fish and scavenge up food. So my goal is to make it as as real as possible. They and they all have been. I will say the Cardi B one. There was a little bit of this is this scene this is this scene cardi shoots a bow cardi does this cardi does that but um you know it's i mean she ate rabbit jerky and elk jerky and she was able to get a fire going with a ferro rod so yes there was like an established all right this is the fire scene she was she was able to do it so like when you're out there like on that like say for like the one down on the amazon like the cameraman just like following you like the entire like is he just on like the riverbank like oh there he goes or 
Like, yeah. how's that? How's that working? Because I bet you you're out there trying to hunt, and that fucker's like opening a granola bar in the background, and you're like, "Shut <laughs> the fuck up!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there it's it's really good when you're when you're with a camera crew, um, you really kind of form a bond. So, let's say on that Amazon one, um, the camera guy was pretty much following me around everywhere, but there was an understanding saying like, look, if I'm going to pop off and go do this, or if I'm going to get up and go investigate a sound, I hear, I can't have you be like, whoa, 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 wait up, wait up. I want to get it going. Like you've got to be on. Cause I'm always on. And if I'm out hunting, you got to give me a little distance. So you can, you, with, with good rapport with that cameraman, you can kind of establish kind of how you like to operate and how you don't like to operate. So in the example of that electric eel, you know, I jumped up, saw the eel, shot the eel and had my, you know, my feast. Now, what a production might do is they might do what's called like a pickup shot where they might be like, so look, we missed you jumping out of your hooch and going over to the water. Um, camera wasn't ready. So what we want to do is once you're you're done eating or on the last day of shooting, we're going to go back to that. We're just going to film that real quick you jumping up so then we can kind of continue on with the story because you've already done everything in actuality but they need to get a couple little shots in to kind of paint that full picture some some productions do that some you know don't um but once you kind of figure out that that's that's a little bit of a, a tv requirement uh you don't mind because like my camera folks uh on the show mud sweat and beards uh erica and jovan you know, they, they were just awesome because if I was sitting there, you know, carving something or doing something, they might say, hey, Donnie, move two inches to the left. And I slide two inches to the left. The lighting's perfect. This is perfect. And then they make me look like a rock star. So I don't mind that. You know, if you're going to try to intensify it, make the shot great and all this, awesome. But if I'm five days in and I haven't eaten anything and you're like, all right, we want to do this big setup for the food. I'm like, you know, screw you guys. I'm eating this fish. I'm eating the fish heads leave me the fuck alone you know <laughs> so you got to kind of have to ebb and flow with it but uh it works out what's uh what's probably the most accurate like reality tv show with these everyday people and what's the most inaccurate in your opinion man so i think the most accurate is probably alone um when you're when you're on alone you're truly alone you you have your 10 items uh you know it's there's things happening kind of behind the scenes where you got to do like a radio check and you got to do these different things but i know for me when i got sick on alone like i was sick sick and i'm trying to cure myself and just all this stuff going on for me but like i know other people are kind of doing the same thing there's no you know hey we're just coming by to say hello like you're genuinely alone if you slice your hand open, they want you to try and fix it first. If you're sick, they want you to try to get better. Um, the only time they would, you know, pull everybody out of the field is if there was like some sort of major, you know, national sort of disaster or something super extreme where they needed to move everybody to safety. So like when I did Alone the Beast, we were caught in a tropical storm and they were like, all right, here's the deal. You guys can leave, but you have a good shelter. Um so we would prefer for you guys to stay here. I'm like, well, not no offense, but you guys are sleeping in a, a rickety ass tent. I'm sleeping in this beautiful shelter with a warm fire. I'm going to stay in here. So those are very, very accurate. And then there's there's some like, you know, you can see some of these Netflix survival series and stuff like that. And 
you can just tell they're canned and they have specific beats they're trying to, you know, obtain. Um, you know, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but there's, there's some out there that I know they were filmed during the day. And then when the night would hit, uh, they would shut down the production. Everybody would go to a hotel or they go to like a camp, camp out that night. And then they'd pick back up early in the morning, put the, the, you know, the individuals back in their place and then kick it off again. I mean, there's, there's, there's quite a bit of that in, in various things. I personally, my first question, if they're like, Hey, we want to, you know, do this TV show. I'm like, all right, here's my left and right lateral limits. I want to do this, this, and this, I'm not leaving the bush. I don't want any food. Like I it's my, my mentality is, is, you know, if somebody's going to pay me to go on a TV show or be part of these episodes, this is the safest time I will ever be in my life out in the bush because when i go out by myself i have no safety people you know on on standby i have no one projecting weather so it's like all right i can be the safest as as i am so now it's you know a great opportunity to really really truly push yourself and you know if you don't eat in five days you don't eat in five days and if you you know smash a finger and it's bleeding open try and fix it so there's there's lots of things that uh you know i try to push myself to in those tv shows uh i want to see uh, a show of you taking like jeff probst out and be like this is what you put people through now this is the real how you do it and let's yeah. see it i would do it i would i would definitely do that i i'm a big survivor fan i mean i haven't watched it in years but i like the idea of the show where it's like you know there's some survival skills and stuff but it's more like that back and forth between the different uh you know contestants and whatnot yeah i bring props out for sure so like who's like donnie's like dream celebrity to like bring out into the wilderness so all right this is going to sound really off the wall but <laughs> i am a fan of gordon ramsay oh, the chef i yeah. love gordon who doesn't ramsay? love gordon ramsay he's awesome man i think i think it's his attitude because he's like the top of his game he's not afraid to tell someone their food sucks he can back up everything that he does and just like his attitude and kind of life is like, you know what? I'm going to do this for me, for my family. Screw everybody else. I'm making good food. And if you suck, you suck. And I'll tell you. But like, I would love to go out and like shoot like a porcupine or shoot something crazy and then have him like chef it up and kind of go that route. Make so, this into a Michelin star dish. <laughs> that's what I mean, right? right? Yeah. Flex that would be really cool. Wellington. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I don't, I don't know if there's enough meat on a porcupine for a Wellington, but three or four. <laughs> Porcupine's good. I like porcupine. There's plenty of meat. What's the strangest animal you've ever eaten? Strangest animal? Oh, uh, man, you said electric eel earlier, yeah. which was pretty wild. Electric eel. Uh, these like tree worms that grow in these oh, trees oh. in the Philippines. They're like huge. That's gross. Um, Guys, grubs. We should, we should yeah. go out with him. I want to watch Nick yeah. cry. No, 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 no. 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 I'm down. I mean, I'll also cry, but I'll probably but break gonna, something. You're gonna be leaving me there. Yeah. Um. What's probably the one thing that you've eaten that you'd be like, you know, I don't think I would ever <laughs> do that again. Oh man. Oh jeez. If I could help it, never. Ahoy, relax, dogs. Go downstairs, move. Go, go, run, get out of here. Um, 
there's this grub in the Amazon that it's grows in this nut. You got grub. It, it is. They just oh. when you bite them, it's it squirts and there's juices. <laughs> the only po- <laughs> the only positive side is the taste is like a sweet corn. So have you ever eaten like corn raw? Yeah, super oh, good, well, super yeah. sweet. But to get to that point, you got to like crunch the head and squirt the. It's oh, it makes me gag thinking about. It. <laughs> Just yeah. gonna take a drink of this bush light and not think about that. <laughs> oh man, it's horrible. It is absolutely horrible. Whew. What's been your favorite location? I would have to say the Amazon. I'm a I'm a big fan of the Amazon jungle, the the, the people of the flora, the fauna. There's just there's so much magic there, and it's and it's it's raw, it's wild, it's dangerous, you can die. It's just, it's awesome. It really That's is. That's usually I mean, like in my top three things of when I judge a place on like it, how likely am I to die here? And if yeah. I'm likely to die, that makes it like one of the top places I've ever been. <laughs> That's why we didn't like St. Louis. That's exactly it. <laughs> if you can die, I'm like, shit, this sounds like a great adventure to me. You, know? uh, you can't, you can't I've lived it. long We're... enough. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> I've read a couple books. I've done my thing. So if anybody finds my body. I've done my part, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so on top of that, I had this question that I've been thinking yeah. about. What What is if there were no rules, like no limitations of like being able to get you there or anything, what is one place you would want to like just be out and spend like weeks at? Like anywhere in the world. Oh gosh, man. Let me, anywhere in the world. I think like... I don't know where these islands are, but you know, like sometimes there's these video vloggers and they're on these like islands and it's like white beaches and palm trees and all that sort of jazz. If I could stick my body on one of those for like a good year, if somebody would just drop me off and be like, we'll be back in 365, that's it. I would love to just go there and just be just fish and, 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 you know, drink coconuts and build hammocks and just kind of live out in that environment. I think it would be pretty, pretty amazing, pretty epic because it's, it's just gorgeous. And then it's warm. Yeah. You'll get some rain and probably tropical storms, but I mean, you can, you can move through that. So what you're saying is you want Tahiti for yourself for a year. Yes. Pretty I was going to tell point. him Epstein's <laughs> Island, I believe is still for sale. Oh, no. That's my plan. That's my plan. I want an Island. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I've, I've been to a lot of cold places and I'm fine with the cold. I feel like my body is was bred for the cold. Hey, long hair and beard, yeah, you know? Yeah. You know That's another like, long haired right? bearded person. Exactly. Yes. So you know what it's like to be cold. And I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of like being cold all the time. Let's let's try a warm location. And uh, I mean, my girlfriend and I, we, we went down to Belize last year. We went and stayed with this in this little village with you know, these, there's a, a population of people there that were former slaves during the British era and uh, in the Americas. So they all escaped and went down to Belize. And they still live in this village. So we went down there and, you know, you know, hung out with the folks, did some subsistence fishing and swam in this water and all this sort of stuff. But like that right there is, is awesome. I wasn't cold. Yes, I was hot, but it's like, I can just jump in the water and go for a swim, spear some fish bring it to you know one of the village folks they cook it up we're just having a gay all the time so sign me up for that (laughs) (laughs) 
So you are a, a warm climate over the cold climate type of no, person. No, I love the cold, but I would just like to visit the warm oh, for a okay. good chunk of change. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, that's that'd be the jam. So that's that's why you bought property in the desert and don't live in the desert. Got it. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. What what, <laughs> what what sent you on the Chihuahuan Desert? Yeah, well, so I I was uh supporting a movie in uh 2019 into 20 uh into 2020 i was uh hired as the safety coordinator and set medic because it was super remote and uh you know i had been down in that area before but once i was there i really got like a a good feeling for you know what it was and just the overall environment and um so you know the, the production was like 45 60 days somewhere around there and i was like you know what i'm gonna return here and i'm gonna buy a piece of property and, uh, you know, it's, it's from where I'm at my, my chunk of land, it's like an hour and 45 minutes to the nearest town. And the nearest town is like one gas station, literally like nothing there. And I'm like, this is perfect. It's like, if you, you know, you got to escape the law or you got to bury a body, that's where you're going <laughs> to want to do it. So I'm like, this, this sounds pretty are, good. So are you on the U S or Mexico side? I am on the U S side, probably. Okay. You know where Terlingua is, Texas? I, I can say, say I do not. <laughs> what about uh, Big Bend National Park? I do know where that is, yes. Yeah, so it's it's close to Big Bend. So Big Bend is kind of like hugging my piece of property, and then my piece of property abuts the uh, Big Bend Ranch State Park. And that's, okay. yeah, there's there's nothing out there. It's, it's there, awesome. There's <laughs> No, there's there's news reports about how there's nothing out there. Exactly, exactly. I just think it's so funny how different our lives are. Where you're like, oh, there's nothing around. Great, that's where I'm living. And I'm like, I need to be 15 minutes away from a Walmart, or else I will literally die. <laughs> I, when, no, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I turned down jobs so I because there were jobs that the I was being offered that were like, oh, you're you're like two hours from Walmart. And there's like a mom and pop grocery nice. store, maybe 30 minutes from you. So like, <laughs> I'm good. Thanks though. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think like once, so I have a one boy that's going to be a senior next year and one that's going to be a freshman, but I already tell them, I'm like, as soon as you guys are done with high school, basically the youngest one, when you're done, like you'll see me when I let you know where I'm at, but I'm gone. <laughs> like I will not, there will be, no homes. I'll probably be living in a yurt or a stone structure that I built myself, Finn, just wearing a loincloth, making stone tools and doing TikToks, I guess. <laughs> is your is your girlfriend's on board with this plan too? Or <laughs> yeah, she's she's totally down. My so my girlfriend is uh she's 30, so she's 13 years younger than me, but she enjoys a good adventure. Uh, she's really good with like medicinal plants. And like when I came back from the a Amazon, I had these parasites in me that were making me, you know, go to the bathroom probably like every 30 seconds. But uh, yeah, she whipped up a couple like natural remedies and teas and I took those down. And I mean, she's a hunter and she's uh, she's totally down for it. I mean, probably cost you less than going to the fucking pharmacy. Yeah, yeah, it does. Big pharma. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm of the mentality. If I break something, I should know how to fix it. And that's in my car or something in my body or stitches or, I mean, I've got scars on my body where they're just janky left and right from poor stitching. But uh, yeah, I try to live a little bit more, 
you know, self-reliant and a little bit more free, if you will. So you have obviously quite a few tattoos. Are any of them stick and poke? Yeah. So the ones on my feet are stick and poke. So every year I usually get tattoos. I call it during like my, my cold season. That's usually like January, February, and March because I'm not as sweaty and as dirty. <laughs> so I do the ones on my feet, the ones on my upper thighs, uh, the ones on my hands. Um, yeah, I mean, once 2020 hit, I was like, I can't get any more tattoos. What's the deal? So I just made some needles, bought some needles, and just started doing them myself just to kind of give into that craving of some fresh ink. It is significantly cheaper. Yeah. Oh, my, yeah. I mean, my sister's get... doing the one on my chest. Nice. I just pay for the needles and the ink, and that is so much cheaper. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can get like 50 needles, like three rounds or five rounds for probably like 40 bucks and, a, and yep. a thing of ink. I mean, you're like, holy cow. So, I mean, I'm when yeah, I, I think when I spent I'm like bored, 60. That's what I mean. That's <laughs> yeah. what I mean. It's, I don't know why more people don't do it. It's just so easy. I know I like doing it on myself. Cause then I, like this entire left leg is just covered with stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, let's do it. You know, but I don't mind. A, him biting into a grub and it explodes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> tattoo that on my thigh yeah right <laughs> what's your favorite tattoo that you've given yourself uh on myself um i like i like the ones on my feet so i have you know three lines three lines and three lines that are stacked up and it's like it represents me and my sons in any way you look at it there's three you know walking together one leading the front so on and so forth I have uh, five dots on my right ankle for like my brushes with death, like really close calls where I should have died or I just kind of got out of that one. Um, so I, I like those, those ones on there just cause there's like little, you know, symbolism behind there. And, you know, my, my crescents and um, broken arrows on my hands, those matching ones. Um, those are like ancient Pictish, scottish irish um stone carvings i really don't know what the true meaning behind them you know is but for me you know i'm you know from scotland my family's from scotland i got aunts and uncles and cousins over there so you know seeing them it kind of like relates in a couple different ways so the crescent for me is a great direction finder and if you're in the northern hemisphere and you take the tip of the crescent to the next tip of the crescent and draw a straight line to the horizon that will give you um a cardinal direction of south and if you're in the southern hemisphere reverse it cardinal direction of north and for me like knowing that it's it kind of always gives you a, a direction to go a direction to find your way home a direction to get away from home it's it's just a good reminder of direction and the broken arrow is really just kind of like again reminder kind of a story that if you you know are afraid to take your shots whether it's with the metaphorical bow, like the, you know, the metaphorical life thing. I got to take my shots or if I'm actually trying to hunt something and I don't take that shot, my arrow is already broken. It's already kind of having like a defeatist mentality and saying, ah, I, I can't do that because it's too difficult. Well, if you're trying to take that shot, your arrow's already broken. You're not going to hit that target. So for me, it's if you've got broken arrows and you've got a way to find your direction, don't overlook uh, you know, what, what these things represent and take those shots when you got to take them and always kind of know the direction you want to go. 
and uh, you know, the crescent moon will kind of guide you there. As Nick always tells me, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take because that's exactly. the only thing Nick says. <laughs> <laughs> Way to steal a line from Wayne the, Gretzky, Nick. That's exactly that is the only piece of advice I've given that is worth taking. So it's, it's not even your advice. <laughs> yeah. You shut up over there, all right? Peanut gallery. <laughs> Right let on. him have one <laughs> yeah <No>. god <laughs> absolutely not maybe when he doesn't he has botch others. the beginning of the podcast then i will oh yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, know what? Yeah, Under- yeah, yeah. you know what no i'll give that to you never mind yeah fuck you nick <laughs> <laughs> what do you do uh just in day-to-day life that isn't being outside Fighting doing nothing yeah <laughs> attempting oh, yeah. death uh <laughs> yeah i mean so watching if i'm TV not teaching shows. a class like <laughs> out in the bush <laughs> you know i'm uh so i'm working on my third book um so i was able to close the deal with simon and schuster and so for pretty much the past you know seven eight months i've been working on this book so it requires a little time behind a computer but you know, aside from that, I do, you know, uh, quite a bit of flint napping and just different kind of personal crafts that I might need in the, you know, some upcoming adventures, whether it's building a backpack or, you know, making some four shafts for an atlatl. You, you'd be surprised how many things I make and do that I don't put on TikTok. I'd say I put maybe like 15% of my things on TikTok. <laughs> god damn yeah because sometimes i just don't like filming it i'm just like ah, i just want to i just want to make it and enjoy the process instead of like having to film it and edit it and all that jazz so i keep it i keep it pretty um you know you know pretty simple for the most part i was gonna ask if you get noticed out in public a lot but i feel like you don't go out in public so <laughs> you know, I mean... do the deer notice like do yeah. start running <laughs> No, I mean, there's there's times when I'm with, you know, like, uh, you know, my sons or my my girlfriend and we could be out at various things and, you know, people will be like, hey, are you the yeah guy from TikTok? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, my, you know, it's that sort of thing. How but, the I fuck mean, is that the thing they know yeah, you for? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I have no clue. I'm going to be realized before I even like learned what your name was on TikTok. I also called you the yeah guy and people, yeah, I'd be like the wilderness guy who lives in a cave and makes stuff. And they're like, what? And I'm like, oh, can you make this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Adam, oh, Adam no, talked it. to me about you yeah. and described you exactly that way. And I'm like, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> and then he described your videos. I'm like, oh yeah, I see those all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, it, we're, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. There's places that we go. We could be driving in the middle of New Mexico, pull into a gas station, and the attendant behind, you know, recognizes me. And I'm, I'm very friendly and approachable. You know, I usually say, oh, I appreciate you watching, shake their hand, ask what their name is, and, you know, just kind of show a little bit of, uh, you know, appreciation of them. But, I mean, uh, my girlfriend and I, we were down in um, St. Lucia for uh, for a wedding, and the DJ of the wedding was like, "Oh my God, it's you're the TikTok guy! Holy shit!" And I'm like, "Ah, oh, let's celebrate this joyous day of these two people getting married," you know. And I mean, there's that sort of kind of random thing, but sometimes my my son calls it uh, getting sniped. You know, he'll see somebody that he believes recognizes me, and they'll just kind of stare at me as I walk by or do whatever. He's like, "Dad, you're getting sniped." 
So then I usually give them like a weird look or something like that to scare them away. And I'm just joking. No, I'm, I'm totally approachable. Most people will come up and say hello and I love your stuff. And, you know, and I just show my appreciation. I like the idea of people coming up and ask you for an autograph and you go, no. And then you just hand them like a handmade knife and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, but here you go. Yeah. You've been visited by Wilderness Santa. <laughs> I usually like spit in my hand and then shake their hand. <laughs> Can I get an autograph? Yeah. And then... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is the one piece of advice for just if you're going on a one week backpack into, I don't know, the Rocky or just anywhere? Yeah. No cell phone or anything. What What is the one piece of advice you would give someone? piece of advice i think i mean there's a lot of things i would say that might be you know directed towards bringing a piece of gear like a knife or a ferro rod or a metal water bottle but i think the biggest advice i would give is um kind of go in with i don't want to say nothing but go in and try and leverage and and create as many things as you can to truly learn from that wild kind of experience so um you, you and I'm not recommending to people if you have no like skills or, or, or background in this to go into the bush with nothing. But some of the biggest successes I've had in my life is going into the bush with absolutely nothing and then creating everything I needed from fire to backpacks to clothing to shoes to shelters, you name it. I think that is a good kind of like, you know, kind of go in with like an open mind and, you know, kind of live outside that comfort. So don't take your knife and see what things you can come up with because creativity is that number one survival skill. So it's kind of like invoke that, you know, take that into action and see what you can create when you go out there. You'd be surprised. Mm -hmm. I have nothing else. Is, is that it, Nick? <laughs> that, I, I, that, that's, that was my Nick's like, I did what my, what I did my I, job. I asked one <laughs> question and I was here. So how about you leave me the fuck alone? <laughs> <laughs> all right um well so thank you so much donnie for uh coming on the show do you have uh anything you'd like to promote while you're here for... um i mean I, I guess if uh if anyone's interested in my books i mean you can pretty much go to donniedust.com and find my book resources and some of the tv and film stuff uh, i've been part of if you're Want to get you know a little wild and, and go out in the bush? You can go to paleotracksurvival.com. That's my website, and you can contact me through there. But um, I mean, I'm happy to to promote you guys and uh, and your efforts and your actions. So when this you know comes out and it's posted and uh, you know all that jazz, I'll definitely share it and, and put it on social media and rock and roll with it. Yeah, awesome. Appreciate <laughs> it. All right. Well, so thanks so much for coming on, Donnie. It's been a blast, and I can't Indeed. wait to have you back on at some point. Will do. I appreciate it, guys. Keep doing what you're doing, and, uh, you know, keep rock and roll with it. And, uh, you know, I appreciate the time, and thanks for letting me uh, run my mouth. And, yeah. you know, I'll keep doing my thing. You guys keep doing yours. Yep. All right. All right. Awesome. Thanks so much. Right on. Appreciate it, guys. Have Bye. a good one.
please remember to uh, like and share this episode with your friends and also join our patron to get even more content. I'm Adam. I'm Jeff. And I'm Donnie. <laughs> why can't we why can't we hear Nick? Yeah, I Nick, can't hear God damn it, Nick. <laughs> you have one job. <laughs> you know, maybe we should have taken a second for Nick to we learn should've... how to redo stuff. <laughs> yeah. We record in person one time in three years and you know, he's not important anyways. We have a replacement, yeah. so. All right. Um, and today's guest is uh, an author, TV personality, and TikTok star. Welcome to the show, professional okay. caveman himself, Donnie Dust. Hey. Hello? Hello. Hello? There you go. Nick, stop it. Nick, Sorry. You're God. literally I'm ruining dying. everything. <laughs> Great. <laughs> This, this is, is awesome. This is, <laughs> this is it's burning really fast to get to that long One, stage. And, okay. Yeah, Nick, your mic's good. Okay. Uh, she sorry, was sorry, really I, hating. I it. didn't think that was gonna go through. Sorry. <laughs> Gotta love Nick. Yeah. Love no one no, loves Nick. <laughs> that's that's true. My girlfriend barely likes me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>